0: This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome, Hugh Marks and Carl Fennessy to this Media Week Podcast. Now, um, we're going to be talking about Dream Chaser. Dream Chaser. Now, my first question is, whose dreams are we chasing? Are we chasing the um, the people who commission programs, the people who make them, or the dreams of uh, Carl and Hugh? Oh,
1: all of the above, I think. I mean... Yeah. Uh, I think it's uh, it's the world these days is so fascinating in terms of the opportunities you have as creatives to realise stories, you know, even uh, the last 12 months the world has completely changed and will probably change more over the next 12 months. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's an amazing time to be in this business with so much change, so many options, so many different things that, you know, can be realised today that we wouldn't have even dreamed of uh, 18 months ago, let alone, uh, you know, longer than that. So, yeah, it's an amazing time and great time for Carl and I to be exploring that world, I think.
0: Um, Carl, talk to me a little bit about the model, just to explain that too off the top. I mean, is it are you sort of a uh, a middleman for, for a production company? Are you a sales conduit or do they outsource to you? How do you describe it? Well, it's probably uh,
2: very similar to what, how a US studio model works, James. So we are uh, effectively an enabler of producers. So we're a combination of sales, uh, development. Uh, obviously, we're here to invest in, in Australian creatives' ideas, uh, physical production, and also distribution. So really, we, we can... We're completely independent. We can partner with anybody across across multiple genres, and and uh, we we will have a stable of producers um, on board here uh, who will we will be in a partnership basis, but uh, partnership basis with, I should say. Um, and we're going to be making an announcement about our starting lineup in the next week or two. So it's a combination, uh, but it's, if you think about how a US studio functions, that's probably fairly similar to how Dream Chase will operate.
0: Okay. Okay. And. Um to tell us a little bit about uh, Endeavour. Is it Endeavour Content who is, I guess, financially backing the the sort of um, the partnership you'll you'll be having?
2: Yes, they are. Uh, our colleagues at Endeavour have been terrific, they um, they? And look, Endeavour was spun out of the William Morris Endeavour agency about five years ago, and they're effectively the um, the content production arm for for what was W or what was the content production arm for WME, and they're now probably one of the fastest rising independent studios in the world. Uh, predominantly in scripted, although they're starting to build out their non-scripted offering as well, um, and you would know them from shows at the moment, things like Anatomy of a Scandal. Uh, they've got Tokyo Bison Severance out there at the moment. They've probably had, you know, participated in some of the biggest shows in the world, certainly with the global streaming services over the last sort of 24 to 48 months. And, uh, yeah, so they are really a great partner for us. They're going to really help us identify amazing Australian projects and hopefully get them into that, into that global SFUD kind of space.
1: Yeah, uh, and you, I think the other uh, thing, James, is they've got, like, they're expanding globally, as Carl said, and they're, they're similar sort of businesses to what, you know, they're doing with us in other markets. So they've got a business that they've invested in the UK called The Story Collective, I think it's now called, um, and also one in Canada called Blink. Um, Studios, And so, you know, what they've recognised is that great creative can come from anywhere in the world these days. Um, and that's certainly the COVID change, the, 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 uh, the idea that, you know, great creative can come from pretty much anywhere in the world and it's just a matter of having the right people. And then, you know, what they do, they're great connectors, their contacts, connections, um, the fact that they've dealt with every major buyer and continue to deal with every major buyer on a daily basis just means we're connected into a global infrastructure, which is exactly what we needed to be able to realise, you know, our vision for the business.
0: Are the days gone where I guess it could happen perhaps more less likely where somebody will commission something just for Australia only?
1: No, I don't think those days are gone. And, again, it depends upon your genre. I think, um, you know, as at uh, Dream Chaser we will do, you know, a pretty even mix of scripted, Probably premium factual, and we'll also do entertainment. Um, and depending upon which genre you, you are playing in, will determine probably who the buyer is and what sort of structure that is. So, certainly when it comes to scripted production, um, you know, that is driving very much more into an on demand environment and is, you know, the global uh, on demand market. But if you start to go into um, entertainment or even premium factual, you'll still continue to see shows that are commissioned for markets. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's the great thing. Anything's possible and everything's possible. And, boy, does that make it uh, a challenging but really interesting time.
0: Carl, do the the production houses you work with who make the shows, do they have an exclusivity agreement with you? Does that mean they'll be working with you on everything or...? Our
2: in-house producers will, James, but a lot of other our external partners, be they individual producers or, or companies, will probably more likely work with us on a project-to-project kind of basis, although, you know, that, that can move and change depending on who, who that, that, that person or that company is. But, but certainly, the, you know,
0: the stable of producers we'll have in-house will be very much exclusive to Dream Chaser, yes. Okay. So, yeah, that, oh, I wasn't on top of that then. So you do make your own programs in-house as well as work with externals.
2: We well, we do, but it's effectively those relationships with our internal producers are on a partnership style basis. So we're investing in those producers to create their own labels inside our Dream Chaser umbrella. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah, or another way to look at that, James, is we're starting up, you know, five or six production businesses yeah. under the Dream Chaser umbrella at the same time as we're starting Dream Chasers. So
0: Okay.
1: You know, every every one of our business, or not everyone, most of our business, you know, interests will have. Their own brand and label um, that'll you know sit alongside
0: the Dream Change label. Yeah, Um, everybody's been obsessed with streaming platforms lately because they're you know everybody's investing in them heavily and you (coughs) you just endless releases about their latest commissions, their their latest releases. Um, Is it? I mean, there's obviously still a place for free to wear TV, but they they seem to be sort of being pushed into the background. I mean, is can you offer free to wear TV? you know, a, a way to stay a bit more relevant in the, in the current climate?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know they're being pushed into the background, but even their model's changing at the same time, right? So, you know, if you see a, a show now for for uh, for one of the free-to-airs, it'll have a free-to-air window, it'll have a catch-up window, and then it'll be on their catch-up service. And, you know, in the case of scripted, that can be there for, for 20 years and create value for them. So I think it's just the model's changing you know, for everyone in the media business. And so everyone's changing to reflect that, um, you know, and even in the scripted space, you know, yeah, okay, we might be pitching into, you know, a Netflix or an Amazon or a Disney or an HBO Max or an AMC International or, you know, any number of channels. But, you know, the old route of co-producing between Australia and the UK, Australian and Canada or, you know, Australia and a, and a channel like, um, you know, Hulu or AMC in America, you know, the fact is that, you know, what COVID changed was the perception of people where good content comes from being exclusively out of this, uh, certain markets. Now there's a recognition that it can be from a broader range of people. So, um, you know, Free to Air will continue to innovate as we will continue to innovate. There will be shows we'll make for them. Their model will change. Everyone's model will continue to to shift as audience behaviour shifts.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm interested in how you're you're going to sort of, if you're splitting your roles at all I mean I think Carl and correct me if I'm wrong but at, at Endermol southern um, at Endemol shine Australia you were seen as maybe the, the the deal maker and and your brother Mark was maybe a bit more out there on the creative front. Um, you both come from legal backgrounds I mean um, h- how does that sort of um, govern what you're going to be doing I don't know that
1: Carl's got a legal background do you Carl?
0: No, not that I'm aware
1: okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe lots of time with lawyers I'm thinking of.
1: Probably. Probably. No, no, Hugh's got the legal background.
0: (laughs) Okay, okay.
1: Uh, No, look, um, you know, we sit very close to each other in the office. Um, You know, I think the thing that we liked about having the opportunity to work together is, you know, we, we seem to have a great complementary skills and... You know and the balance of those skills will shift depending upon what it is that we're looking at um, and you know we'll just continue to explore that but you know creativity has always been best when okay there there may be a a project leader or a showrunner but it is a shared endeavor and you know at its best when that shared endeavor is done well that's that's when things sort of come out in the best way so um, you know I think early on we've just found out that you know we have a great combination of skills and the combination of those two hopefully makes one plus one equal three rather than rather than one and a half um, and certainly for people who we work with to have the benefit of you know both of our skills and perspective and experience on the projects i think people are finding that really a really rewarding experience and um, you know, it's early days but hopefully we can really continue that as we go along
0: um i, I gather that too this isn't just an investment for, for you guys it's something you're sort of very hands-on and and working in, I guess, almost on a daily basis? Yeah, we certainly are, James. We're, we're, we're in here uh, all day, every day at the moment. As as
2: you said, it's pretty early days for us, but for us, this is something that we really wanted to do. We, we saw an opportunity in the marketplace. Um, you know, we've sort of been probably talking about this kind of notion on and off for a couple of years now and um you know now obviously both the timing was right for us both but we're we're very much here you know very much got our sleeves rolled up and very much hands-on uh, as Hugh said <laughs> we're sitting sitting very close to one another in the office all day every day and, and really enjoying that fact and we've got a we've got a terrific team in here with us as well you know we've got Sarah Horn in here as our, our chief operating officer who was previously Head of Production Operations at Endemol Shine. Um, we've got Megan Reason here as our Chief Financial Officer, uh, who was also at ESA. we've got Monique Keller here who was uh, who's come from, from Audible, then Amazon, and then Fremantle Media as Head of Development. Uh, so, you know, we've got a, a really great, experienced team coming together in here. Um, so, yeah, look, you know, we're... We're here, you know, 100% locked in. This is our sole focus. Um, and as Hugh said, you know, we, we're really focused on getting some great projects up and moving. Uh, be be there with to the freeware broadcasters or streaming services, and trying to trying to do some good work.
1: Yeah, and we've always enjoyed always enjoyed the work. Right, that's what really you get yeah. up for in the morning. Um, and if you love the work and and you really dedicate itself to it, then, you know, the business will kind of look after itself, and that's the way we're sort of both approaching this opportunity. And um, being much closer to, you know, what happens on a day-to-day basis for me personally um, is actually far more um, invigorating than sort of being that bit more removed from it. Um, You know, time at nine was great, and we are able to do some fantastic things of the business to set it up for the future, but being able to be much closer to you know what 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 goes on on a day to day basis and certainly at this time where you know content is not only king content's probably every every card in the deck um now that's uh, where the business is going to be in the future so um yeah it's it's a, it's a, a great time and boy in the last we've been in business for 6 weeks the number of things that we've covered in that time has been extraordinary so um it's certainly pedal to the pedal to the metal
0: You get involved in the pitching of of projects?
2: I reckon we will. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we will, we will. So we, have, we haven't taken anything out to the marketplaces yet. Uh, we're not too far off doing that. Uh, we've got a few things that are coming, coming, you know, coming through the pipelines at the moment. So, but no, you can rest assured that you and I will be there. You know, working closely with our producers to to, to pitch the shows in and and um, yeah, we'll really, we'll we'll be there from 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 that point right through the production process as well, and making sure that you know they've got all the help and support they need and guidance that they need through those processes.
0: Hugh, was that something you were able to participate in at nine when some projects were pitched or were you just a bit removed from that?
1: Uh, no, of course, there were times and, you know, quite a few times when uh, we were really looking for key properties where, you know, I was able to be um, involved um, but at the same time you have to employ good people and let them do their job. So, you know, it was always a mix of that um, uh, but, you know, it certainly... God, in uh, however many years of my career, I've I've seen more pictures uh, than I care to remember, um, uh, which is great. You see what's good, what's bad, what's indifferent. Um, and while the world's bigger and there's so much more opportunity, it's also so competitive. So, you know, if you're going to play in that space, you've got to do it with great ideas, great people, great creative, great business solutions, you know, so... You know, even though it's a bigger world, the requirements to compete are much higher than they were before. And particularly if you're going to compete on a global basis. And so um, so you know, we're not we're certainly not naive to that fact. It's it's gonna be difficult, but um uh I think between us and with the people that we're gonna work with, we've got all the right elements to make it work.
0: There's been you mentioned you'd be working in different genres. There's been a, a bit of commentary that um Free-to-air TV's backed away a little bit from commissioning dramas um, and i i been interested to hear from you on that. I mean, the facts show that's probably the case, but is that perhaps just a trend or is it something they find a little bit harder to market uh, at free-to-air TV? I
1: think they're going to have to change the way that they account for drama, to be honest. I mean... News and sport, easy, right? They're disposable yeah. um, programs uh, and you monetize them um, live effectively. Whereas drama now, you know, if we were to create a great drama for a free to air network, you know, the number of places that they can monetize that now have completely changed. And in fact, it's got a much longer tail than it would have had, you know, again, five years ago, um, eight months ago, let alone five years ago. So I think the free to wares are going to have to get their head around that in the future they're going to need to match their revenues with their cost and maybe, you know, they'll need to, rather than taking drama all to, you know, the P&L on day one, maybe they'll need to amortise it over the lifetime of that project, which, as I said, could be 20 years. I mean, I know, well, why did McLeod's Daughters at 9 with Posey Graham Evans, I think, in the mid-90s? And I can tell you to this day it's still one of the most profitable shows for 9 on 9 now, so... Yeah, I think I think with drama, the model has changed more than any other genre, and so they're going to need to change the way that they look at how they account for that. Then I think they can start to embrace um, scripted production again because it's so important to the balance of your offering to consumers that you have news, uh, sport, and entertainment that also includes scripted, and if they let go of that, I think, Um, it'll make them less relevant. So they need to find a different way to do it. I
0: mean, there does seem to be a public appetite still. I mean, when you get it right, I mean, you just look at the the audience reaction to the Underbelly um, episodes this year and, you know, I think it's been one of the most watched things in the first half of the year. And and as you said, it's going to have a long tail too. I'm sure that will still generate good numbers for 9Go for some time.
1: I think that's right, James. So... Um, so that's that's just how they're going to have to adjust. And uh, so I think when we get around to pitch to, you know, all networks and, you know, Carl, what Carl and I have found fascinating is when we go around to pitch to potential buyers at the moment, it's a very different crew to what you would have done, you know, 18 months ago and continuing to change. So, um, But with the free-to-airs, you know, I think we'll also go to them with some suggestions around, you know, how they might look at the business model um, for those sorts of projects. As I said, it would be a mistake if they didn't have that in the mix that they offer to their, um, their audiences in the future. So, um, yeah, we've got some thoughts around that. And when we get in there, we'll, we'll uh, be working with them to try and find those solutions.
0: Um, and and just before we wrap up, I guess, give me some thoughts about the, um, the, the streaming platforms. I mean, there's obviously a, a lot of potential customers for you, for you out there. The, um, there's been different comments about it. Some people think, oh, look, it's the only place you can take a quirky show these days. Um, so Lenny Henry's made some interesting comments recently and he was perhaps talking about the English market. was very dominated by the BBC still, I guess, that streaming platforms ask first if a concept will sell rather than looking at if it if it's a good story. Um, a- a- any thoughts about th- those comments?
1: Carl, you have a great <laughs> quote on this uh, particular <laughs> subject where... What, what what's your quote? The the disruptors have become mainstream. Um, yeah, a little bit.
2: A little bit. I don't, I don't know,
1: James. I think at the end of the day, I think everyone's
2: looking for something distinctive. Mm-hmm. You know, noise is uh, so often a, a term that gets used around whether it's, you know, streaming services or free-to-web broadcasters. And I think, think what noisy means is distinctive and good. And I, that really applies to any genre. Uh, you know, there are so, there's so much content out there at the moment that I think one of the challenges that, that all, you know, that all platforms are looking for is to, is to get their share of voice and to stand out. And that's really what they mean. Now, that can be, you know, uh, uh, you know it can be a factual show. That can be, a, a, you know, a sweeping, you know, expensive drama. It can be, a, you know, amazingly interesting and innovative non-scripted series. So, you know, I, I think the, the, the great plus about the moment is that, as Hugh said earlier, we're in a time where really anything is possible, um, you know, uh, and I think everyone's got their eyes and ears open for that thing that becomes sort of defining for them. And that's, that's a great opportunity for, for companies like ours and for, and for our producers. Yeah, I And
1: mean, the, one, the one thing, James, hasn't changed, and it was probably thus when, you know, when movies first started, and I think it will remain the thing for, 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 for you know, decades to come, is um, people want to watch good shows, uh, good movies. Um, so that's the challenge we all have. Um, what is defined as good might change a bit, but it's still something that connects with an audience and... Um, And as I said, the challenge is really how do the platforms identify themselves and continue to grow and will that change the sorts of things that they do? And I think as they all become bigger, they'll all become a bit more mainstream um, because they have to have things on their platforms that appeal to wide audiences. Um, So, you know, I think probably for me that's one thing that's changed, you know, over the last, you know, two years is uh, you see what are a lot more mainstream shows appearing on the streamers that, you know, it could also appear on free-to-air, could appear on pay, could appear anywhere. Um, it just happens to be on that platform. So that's about business model, not about creativity. Which is, as Carl said, people still want to see good show, good distinctive shows.
0: Yeah. Um, all right, chaps, look great talking to you both. Um, look forward to um, some announcements soon from um, what your first uh, productions will be. Um, get without digging too much into that but will we see anything this year or are we looking at, at 2023 and beyond to, to to watch something?
2: I'd expect it to be 2023 and beyond at the moment, James. It's, it's relatively early days for us. We as I said we've we've got our development in full swing at the moment, but I'd be surprised if there's anything to actually see in terms of broadcast until until the new year, but hopefully hopefully not too far in. Yeah. Stay tuned. We'll keep
1: them, we'll keep them uh wanting more at this stage, I think. <laughs> Which is not hard from when you're at zero. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Absolutely. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks. James. Thanks. Thanks.